Okay, we're ready to begin. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Bishalach. And what we say every single morning, we say the, uh, the Shira, the song that the Jewish people sang after the splitting of the sea. So one of the verses, in some very famous verse, it says, Ze Eli Ve'anveyu, this is my God, and usually it's translated as Ve'anveyu, and I will beautify him. So the translation of the Unkelis, which is the Aramaic translation of the Torah, it says, Va'avne lei migdasha. This is my God, and I will build him a sanctuary. And the, I have this commentary called the Nefesh Ager, which explains all of the Unkelis translations. And he says that Unkelis learns this from a Medrash. Dein Eloha ve'evne lei migdasha means, This is my God, and I will build him a sanctuary. He says, He's going with the position, with the, with the position of Rabbi Yosef Midurmaskis from the Mechilta, which is a Medrash. I will make in front of him a beautiful sanctuary. So the, the Nefesh Ager is saying that the, the Unkelis is translating the word when I will beautify him as beautiful. But it means that I will make for him a beautiful sanctuary. So, by the way, just the title of our class is How to Become a Prophet, which is at the end of the class we will, except for maybe some technical difficulties because the prophecy is gone today, but if, the, if they weren't true, maybe we can, uh, we can become prophets, meaning communicate with Hashem. But uh, that's, you know, I'm saying that half in jest because prophecy is, is gone. But here's the methodology, at least the knowledge. So the Unkelis translates the word as Vandeo is beautiful. Rashi disagrees. Rashi says that the Unkelis translates the word as he says, Unkelis tirgame loshen neve, which means an abode, like neve sha'anan. It means abode. So therefore, Unkelis learns that the word vanveyu means abode, which means a dwelling place. I, this is my God and I will make him a dwelling place. So we have a, dis- so we have a disagreement between the Nefesh Ager and the Rashi about what it, how Unkelis translates the word vanveyu, whether it means to beautify God, which means I will make him a beautiful abode, or it means that I will, I will make him an abode. Whether, what are the word, whether it's the word nave, whether the vanveyu, the root word of vanveyu is noe, which means beautiful, or it's nave, which means an abode. Be that as it may, the uncle says, this is my God and I will make him a sanctuary. Okay? That's, the, uh, that's, what, the, that's what the verse is saying. So let's, uh, let's explain this a little bit more. So we have the, uh, we, have, we know in Parshas Chuma, what does it mean that I'll make a God, my, uh, uh, God a sanctuary? So Hashem commands us to make a sanctuary, makes it to, to make a tabernacle, make a, make a mikdash. Hashem says, li mikdash, you should make for me a sanctuary, and I will, I will dwell amongst you. So the Jewish people, when they were walking through the, through the Yamsuf, through the, through the ocean, they, they, they said, this is my God, and I will build him a sanctuary. I will fulfill the commandment of building a, a sanctuary. I will fulfill the commandment of building a, um, a building a, a, um, a place a place for him to dwell so the um, the building of the sanctuary what does this mean how, how will I build how will I build Hashem a sanctuary so the simple explanation is is that like I'm going to take uh, whatever the materials Hashem tells me to do and I will make him a sanctuary I make him a tabernacle like we see in the following parshas that I will do however we know the famous uh we know the famous extrapolation or the, uh, the, of, of the Rabbi Moshe Alshech, 
Rabbi Moshe Alshech says, Rabbi Moshe Alshech says, it says in the verse, Va'osali mikdash, and I'll make, uh, uh, make for me a sanctuary. Vishachante bisoicham, and I will dwell amongst you. The Alshech says, it doesn't say bisochol, and I will dwell in the sanctuary. It says, I will dwell amongst you, which means amongst every single individual. Are we all, I will dwell in each person, inside the person. I will come and I will be inside each person. So That's what the Al Sheikh says. We the abodes. So yes, we are the abode. So Hashem is saying, Vasuli Mikdash, you should make yourself into an abode. And then Vishakhanti Bisoicham, and I will come and I will be inside you. That's what he's saying. And this is what the Jewish people were saying, according to the explanation of the according to the explanation of the Unculus. According to the explanation of the uncles, they were saying, this is my God, and I will make myself into a sanctuary, and then Hashem will dwell inside me, like the, like the Al-Sheikh is saying. Now the question is, how do I make myself into a sanctuary? How do I make myself into a sanctuary? Right? I can make uh, the sanctuary that Hashem tells me to make, the Beis Amidosh, because he, he gives me, the, the, he gives me the, uh, the plans, the materials, tells me exactly how to build it. But how do I build... How do I build, how do I make myself into a sanctuary? So, the way that we can tell in this case of how I make myself into a sanctuary is perhaps maybe to see what destroys the sanctuary. Okay? How do we look, how, what destroys the sanctuary? So the Gemara tells us what was the destruction of the, what was the reason for the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash? The reason for the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, the Gemara says in Yuma, tracted Yuma, page 9b, the Gemara there says that the first Beis HaMikdash was destroyed because of the three cardinal sins. Um... Um, murder, idol worship, and illicit relationships. But the second base Amigdash was destroyed for what? Second base Amigdash was destroyed because of Sinas Chinam. Second base Amigdash was destroyed because of baseless hatred. Now, what is baseless hatred? That we have the Gemara in Gitten. We have the Gemara in Gitten on page 55b, 55a. We know the story with Kamsa Bar Kamsa. This person was making a party, and the person uh, uh, by mistake wound up at the party. And, uh, and he threw him out. And because of that, as you know the story, the Beis Amish was destroyed. Baseless hatred. So that's what the Beis Amish was destroyed because of baseless hatred. The second Beis Amish. Now, if the second Beis Amish was destroyed because of baseless hatred, why would the second Beis Amish be built? Second Beis Amish would be built because of what it says in Parshish Kedoshim, the opposite of baseless hatred, which is, You should love your neighbor as yourself. So how do I, getting back to our question, how do I make myself into a sanctuary? I do the things that don't destroy the Beis HaMikdash, which is sin chinam, which is uh, baseless hatred. And what is that? Love your neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself. That's, that's how I do it. Okay, so therefore the Jewish people were saying in the Shira, just to get back to our to our explanation, according to the Unclus, the Jewish people were saying, Zekeli, this is my God. Va'anveyu, and I will build him a sanctuary. Not only will I build him the sanctuary that he asks me to build, but also I'll make myself into a sanctuary. And how will I do that? I'll do that through fulfilling the commandment of you should love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, now how do I fulfill? How do I fulfill the 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 commandment of You should love your neighbor as yourself. And how does that make me into a sanctuary? 
And why does that make Hashem dwell inside me? All right, that's the next question. So for that we have another translation of the word of the same verse, Zekeli Vanveyu. According to the opinion of Abishol, the word Vanveyu means the following. Abishol is found in the Gemara and Shabbos on Kuflam and Gimon Beis, 133b. The Gemara and Shabbos there says, according to the opinion of, of Abishol, as Rashi explains, is, is that the word Vanveyu is a conjunction of two words. Vanveyu, Va is Ani, Anveyu, anveyu, anveyu is vehu, ani vehu, me and him. It's a conjunction of two, two words. Zekeli, this is my God, and me and him. What is me and him? So the Gemara says, according to Abishol, the Gemara says, Mahu rachum muchanun, just like he's merciful. Afatu rachum muchanun, so too you should be merciful. So, how do, what, how do I walk, how, how is it that I, I, me, how is it that it's going to be me and him? I'm going to emulate him. I'm going to emulate his ways. That's how it's going to be me and him. So the Jewish people, according to the second explanation, are saying, this is my God and I will emulate him. Okay? So according to what we're saying, we'll say as follows. According to the two translations of the words of Van Veyu is, this is my God. And I will bring, bring, uh, build them a sanctuary through fulfilling the mitzvah of love your neighbors yourself. And how will I do that? By emulating Hashem. All right? So that's how we're putting everything together. So now, we're still left with the question. How does that make me into a sanctuary? If I build, if I, if I emulate Hashem. By being merciful to others, just as so as he is merciful to others. How do I do that? So the Gemara tells us in Tractate Sota, page 14a. The Gemara there says that we have a verse. The verse says, <coughs> the verse says, I think you should go after Hashem. You should uh, follow Hashem. Hashem <laughs> I'm not, uh, If I'm not mistaken, I don't have the Gemara in front of me. You should follow Hashem. And the Gemara says, how could you follow Hashem? How is it possible? Doesn't it say in the verse in Dvarim, Deuteronomy 4.24, Ki Hashem eish och lahu. Hashem is a, Hashem is a, uh, a consuming fire. You can't, presumably the simple reading of the Gemara is, I can't follow God. He's a consuming fire. I'm a human and I'm going to get burnt by the consuming fire. So what does it mean that I have to follow him? <clears throat> So the Gemara answers, no, it doesn't mean that you should follow him in actuality. What it means is that you should emulate him, just like we learned. You should emulate him. How do you, should you emulate him? You should emulate him that just like Hashem clothes the naked, because it says that Hashem made clothes for Adam and Chava. Yes, Hashem alakim Adam He made them clothing. So does Hashem clothes the naked? So too you should clothe the naked. Just like Hashem visits the sick. Hashem visited Avram Avinu when he was sick in Parshas Vayera after the bris milah. So too, we should visit the sick. Just like Hashem um, <coughs> consoles the mourner, so too, we should console the mourner. Just how, like Hashem buries the dead, as it says in, 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 at the end of the Torah, it says, Vayik Barosob, a guy that Hashem buried Moshe in Gai, so too, we should bury the dead. So it doesn't actually mean that we should follow Hashem. Because we can't. He's an all-consuming fire. What it means is, is that we should emulate him. It's a, 
the simple reading of the of the Gemara, the simple reading of the Gemara is is that it's a figure. It's it's figurative. Follow him doesn't mean follow him. Follow him means that figuratively you should follow him, which means emulate him. When you emulate somebody, it's like you're following them. It's not like you're actually, they're walking, you're walking behind them, you're following them. Wherever they go, if they make a right turn or a left turn, so do you. But it means emulate them, that just, you look at their actions, you see what they do, and you do the same thing as they do. So just like Hashem does all these things, so too we should all do, do all these things. That's a simple reading of the one. If I was driving through California, I was thinking maybe we can, we, can, we can look at the Gemara maybe a little different. Maybe we can look at the Gemara a little different. Maybe, maybe like in a, in a I, I, I hate to say maybe more chesidish way, but maybe more literal, a little bit more literal. The Gemara, the way that we read the Gemara was, is the Gemara says, you should follow Hashem, but how can you follow Hashem? It's an all-consuming fire. So therefore, it doesn't mean you should follow Hashem. It just means you should emulate Him. But I think we can read the Gemara maybe a little different. Maybe we could say like this. You should follow Hashem. So the Gemara says, how can you follow Hashem? Ah, he's an all-consuming fire, and you can't follow an all-consuming fire. So the Gemara says, rather it means you should emulate him. So what's the Gemara's answer? Maybe the Gemara means that not it's figurative, that it's literal. If you emulate Hashem, you'll also become an all-consuming fire, and then you'll be able to follow him. In other words, the Gemara is saying, how could I follow Hashem? The only way I can follow Hashem is if, I become, if I'm an all-consuming fire. Because since Hashem is an all-consuming fire, I have to be an all-consuming fire in order to follow Him. So how could I follow Him if I'm not an all-consuming fire? So the Gemara answers, you know how you become an all-consuming fire? Is if you emulate Him, you'll become an all-consuming fire. Okay, so let's, if we learn the Gemara like that, then the question we have to ask is, what do you mean? Well, how, I don't want to become a fire. I, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm just, I like being human. What does it mean I'm going to become an all-consuming fire? What does that even mean? Oh, so for this, we have the fire part, we could say is little, is, is figurative. Because we have a Maral in the Tiferes Yisrael, page 59. He says that Hashem, he quotes a Medrash, that Hashem <clears throat> is compared to a fire. Hashem is compared to a fire, he says. And he quotes the verse on the Gemara that we're talking about. Ki, it says, Ki Hashem So it says the Maral, what does this mean that Hashem is a consuming fire? The Maral says, What it means is, is that Hashem is separated from the rest of the world. And because he's separated from the world, he's able to act on the world. Which means like this. That just like a fire is really, we could say that it's like a, in, in, you know, a, on a basic observation, not scientific, but just basic observation, just like a fire is something which is separate from the rest of the elements, so to speak. It's not connected to any of the, of the, of the, of, of the physical world out there. It's like an entity all in itself. So therefore, the easiest way that we can compare Hashem to one of, the, one of the physical things that we can actually uh, process in our brains is a fire. So just like a fire is separated from everything, so Hashem is also separated from everything. So it doesn't mean that Hashem is an all-consuming fire. It's not an all-consuming fire. What he is is he's just like a fire. The same way that a fire is not, doesn't have a shirach, doesn't have a connection to anything in this world, so to Hashem doesn't have a connection to anything in this world. So that's what the Maral says. So therefore, since Hashem does not have a connection to this world, he says, He says, because Hashem is not connected on the, with the world, therefore he can act upon the world. 
Because two things which are in the world can't really act upon themselves. Because they're acting on themselves and everything else around them. It's not really, they're, they're within the box. They can't act from outside the box. Hashem is outside the box, so He can control what's going on on the inside of the box. Hashem is Hashem is a fire of Enoshituf. There's no partnership with Him. With any physicality at all. Just like not, none of the elements have any, like we said, none of the elements have any connection with the fire. So, okay, so the word fire, according to this morale, it doesn't mean it's a fire. It means that it's a, it's a, it's, it's, Hashem is a spiritual entity that we can't compare anything in this world to. Only we can use fire as an analogy to explain it. So then, if that's true, then maybe we can read the Gemara the second way like we started. So the Gemara is saying like this. The Gemara says, you should go after Hashem. Asks the Gemara, how can you go after Hashem? He's an all-consuming fire. So the Gemara is saying like this, what does it mean he's an all-consuming fire? It means he's an entity which acts upon the world because he's so spiritually separated from the world. <coughs> and you're not spiritual, you're physical. So how are, you go, how, how are we going to be able to go after him? Says the Gemara, you know how you become an all-consuming fire? Meaning how you become more spiritual? Is by emulating Hashem. By going in His ways. By doing kindness to other people. That's how you become... That's how you become more spiritual. All right? So, okay. So now we have, if we put everything together so far, what we have is, is that the Jewish people are going through the, through the, through the ocean. They're saying, Zekiel, this is my God. Van they when I will bring, build a main sanctuary. All right? I'm going to build a regular sanctuary. Says the Ashik, but I'm also going to make myself into a sanctuary. How am I going to, how am I going to make myself into a sanctuary? By fulfilling, you should love your neighbor as yourself. How am I going to fulfill, you should love your neighbor as yourself? By emulating Hashem. But how does that make me into a sanctuary? <coughs> because the Gemara says that when a person emulates Hashem, then they, only, they automatically become like an all-consuming fire, just like Hashem is. They also become like Hashem. Okay, well, if that's true, if they also become like Hashem, then they become a sanctuary for Hashem because Hashem is going to come and dwell inside them if, if they're like Him, right? Because since Hashem is not connected to anything in the world, but if He finds a connection somewhere, a holy place just like His, then He will come there. So if we emulate Hashem, we're going to become a holy place and Hashem will come there. That's what we have so far. But now the question is, we still haven't answered Still, we don't understand. But how does that, how does emulating Hashem make us into a holy structure? How does that make us into a sanctuary? How does that work exactly? Why is that true? All right? So far, that's worked. So now for that, we have, for that, we have the altar of Kelm. The altar of Kelm in his Chochmo Musr, um, is in, in, the, in the speech entitled Abbas Chesed, in page 29, it's number 13. <coughs> he discusses the following issue. He says like this, he says, he quotes the next line of the Gemara that we talked about. The next line is Gemara in Sota, page 14a. And we've said this Gemara before many times. The Gemara is like this. 
Says the Gemara, Darsh Rav Simloi. Rav Simloi made a homiletic interpretation. Taira, Tchilasa Gemilas Chasadim, the beginning is Chesed, kindness. Vesoyf Gemilas Chasadim, the end is kindness also. Okay? What's the beginning? The beginning is Hashem made clothing for Adam and Chava, like we said. What's the end? The end is he buried Moshe Rabbeinu. So the beginning is Chesed, Hashem clothes the naked, like we say in Brachos in the morning. And the end is Chesed, Hashem buries the dead. Okay, that's what Rabbi Yisimloi said. So says the altar of, says the altar of Kel, that he says, Pirish, the explanation, what does the Gemara mean to tell us this? It means that the Torah that was given to us is to do kindness with us. That's what it means. All right, we, we might think that, that, okay, what's the simple explanation? The beginning of the Torah is, the beginning of the Torah is chesed, the end of the Torah is chesed. It's to tell us that the whole Torah is chesed. Hashem is always doing chesed, right? But, but the author is saying it's more than that. Not only that, it's the actual giving of the Torah is a chesed towards, it's Hashem doing kindness to us. Hashem is doing kindness to us by giving us the Torah. And how is He doing kindness to, to us? Hashem is teaching us a way to act that will give us eternal life. Which means that if we follow the Torah, then we will be engaged in an activity that brings us eternity. So Hashem gave us the roadmap to be engaged in an activity that will bring us eternity, that's the kindness that Hashem did with people by giving them the opportunity to be engaged in this activity. <clears throat> and he says, and this is going to be the biggest pleasure to have eternity. Is there a greater chesed that, a per- that, that, some, that somebody can do with somebody than to give them eternity? Of course not. This is the biggest chesed. Therefore, he Therefore, the Torah writes, in the beginning and the end, what Hashem did to Adam and Chava, what Hashem did to Moshe, that he clothed them, that he, that he buried them. We'll understand from this, from this we'll understand that the entire Torah is chesed, is kindness. Asher of Plitach, that Hashem loves us, Without any end, leads no umnas to give us uh, an engagement, to give us uh, to, an activity to be involved in. That angels are are involved in. And not only that, himself studies Torah. That it was given to us, like the Gemara says in um, the Gemara says in Shabbos on page eighty nine a. Is there any greater chesed than this? And he says that I found that the Maral Prague also says this, that the entire Torah, if you follow the entire Torah and all its directives, it is to set up the person properly. If you read the writings, if you read the whole Tiferes Yisrael, you see that the whole Tiferes Yisrael talks about this, how every single, how all the mitzvahs are structured in such a way that if a person would follow them, it's only going to be good for them. This is the biggest 
goodness that a person can achieve is to follow the entirety of the Torah. And here he says like this. He says, One time we spoke about the following verse. David HaMelech says that I, I look at your commandments, I speak about your commandments, and I look at your ways. Pirish, this explanation of this is, is King David understood the ways of Hashem. Of how he deals with the word with the, with the laws of the Torah. So, for example, Pirish, for example, when, I, when, when David HaMelech studied the laws of interest, so he understood the ways Hashem, how Hashem deals with people. I look at your ways. The ways in which you conduct your, 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 your world. So understand what's happening here. Is that we engage in, let's say, Hashem buries the dead. Clothes the naked. When we engage in burying the dead, we're engaging the exact same activity as Hashem is. Correct? Hashem is burying the dead and we're burying the dead. The, the, but not more than that. It's not only just you know, burying the dead is an isolated incident, which is a kind thing to do in this world. The entire world is built by Hashem. Everything that exists are His actions. So when we look in the entire world, that in the, the entire Torah, which, um, which, which deals with the entire world in its entirety, then the Torah is revealing to us how Hashem is interacting and building, creating, how He created the whole universe. So when we act in the ways of the Torah, we are mimicking, actually, the exact actions of Hashem. We are... Um, uh, you know, monkey see, monkey do. We are acting exactly the same way that he is. It's we're, we're like a miniature godly creature. The same way that Hashem acts in a in a macro sense, we act in a micro sense in our little circle, in our circle of influence. And that action, those actions, is, is, is what brings us eternity. Meaning that those actions is what makes us eternal. Acting like Hashem makes us eternal, just like Hashem is eternal. Meaning that, that, that the, definition of, the definition of Hashem is what? The definition of Hashem is, is, is part of it is, is that He's an eternal being. So we're actually becoming, when we're acting like Him, Eternal beings. And this is the chesed that he did with us to give us this. So says the, says the author, what comes out of this is, is, the entire involvement in the Torah is involvement in doing good for other people. And it's good what we're writing in the Torah that the beginning and the end is chesed. And if so, and 
after Hashem has done all of this, how is it not possible that we do not seek to emulate Him in this way? That's what the, the altar says. And he continues, I'm skipping a little bit. <laughs> now, what comes out of all of this is, is ki Torah, the foundation of the entire Torah, kula al hi on wisdom is the wisdom of the Torah. and on the complete goodness, ma'u rachum, just like he's merciful. So it comes out. And then he quotes, Believe it or not, he quotes this Pasuk. And all of the attributes, what's their general rule? You should love your neighbor as yourself. So emulating Hashem is you should love your neighbor as yourself. Anyway, he continues in this vein. Very interesting piece. If anybody ever has a chance to be able to learn it or to see it, it's very good. So the question that we asked is what? Is that how is emulating Hashem make me into a sanctuary? Make me into an all-consuming fire? Because when a person emulates Hashem, what they're doing is, is in a micro sense, they're acting exactly like Him. So if Hashem is holy, then a person that acts exactly like Him is also holy. So a person acts exactly like Him becomes holy, so then then he becomes a sanctuary. He becomes a, 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 a structured being that can house the Rabbani Shalom's divine presence because they themselves become sort of divine. They become an all-consuming fire. And the only way to do this is to emulate him. Okay, so if that's true, now let's put everything together. Everything that we have, let's put it together. And then, and then we can become prophets. So it says in the parsha, this is my God and I will beautify him. So it says the uncle is, how will I beautify him? I will make him a sanctuary. Okay, not only am I going to make him a sanctuary, I'm going to also make myself into a sanctuary where he can dwell. How am I going to make myself into a sanctuary where he can dwell? By doing those things that didn't destroy the base Amigdash, which is what? You should love your neighbors yourself. How does loving my neighbors myself make me into a sanctuary? Says the second explanation, this is my God, now beautify him. I'll make myself into a sanctuary by emulating his ways. Why will emulating his ways make me into a sanctuary? Because then I will become like an all-consuming fire. I'll become a spiritual being. Why do I become a spiritual being if I emulate Hashem? Because I'm mimicking exactly what he does and he's a spiritual being. He's the creator of the universe and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a micro-creator of the universe. Right? This is... This is, what the, this is what the Jewish people are saying. This is my God and I will beautify him. All right. So, to the top, to the title of our class. What is this whole message that we just said for the past 30 minutes? Why is this message in this Pasuk? This Pasuk is where? This Pasuk is in the song that the Jewish people sang. And what are, in the song they're saying, this is my God and I will... And I will Everything that we just said. So Rashi here says, what does the word Zeh mean? This is my God. Famous Rashi. We've talked about this a million times. A billion, trillion times. He himself appeared to them. They had a prophetic experience. They were able to point at him. They're pointing him. The reason why they said Zeh, this, is because they were pointing with their finger and saying, this is my God. 
and I will beautify him. And who was there? Who was at the splitting of the sea? Everyone, all three million people, the maidservants and the most important people. So that means even the maidservants were able to point and say, this is my God and I will beautify him. So the Jewish people are having a prophetic experience in this, specifically in this verse. So why is it that this whole message of this is my God and I will emulate him found specifically in this verse which talks about a prophetic experience? Couldn't we say this somewhere else? Why specifically here? What does prophecy have to do with, with, this, with, with this message that we said? Okay, that's the, that's the question. So now, how does one become a prophet? How does one become a prophet? Now you would think, there's just like in the movies, you know, God comes to you and he says, George, I want you to go build an ark. I'm going to drown humanity. And uh, Shalom, you're going to be the survivor. You say, God, I can't do this. I don't have the confidence. No, that's not the way it goes. So the Rambam here says in in Hilchas Yisodei Torah, Perek Zion Olach Aleph, chapter 7, number 1, he says that it's not so simple to become a prophet. And he also says the most important thing is for us in the, in the, in the, in the purpose of this class is, is that prophecy does not mean actual communication. Like I pick up a phone and I talk. That's not how prophecy works exactly. Not the same, not, that's not the way it works. He says like this. He says, one of the foundations of our faith, of Judaism is, later to know, that Hashem prophesizes. Not prophesizes. He gives a prophecy to, the, to people. He communicates with people. Who is a Navi? A Navi is a person who is wise in wisdom. He's strong in his attributes. He doesn't succumb to his his inclinations uh, uh, continuously. Baldea, he has opinion or knowledge. Rechava, he has tremendous knowledge. It's very correct. Adam a person who has all of these attributes. Sholem Begufa, he's completed in his body. Kishikanis Lepardis, when he goes into the orchard, which is a euphemism for prophecy. And he spreads with these matters, harichokim that are far, and he has the proper mindset, to understand and to reach, and he sanctifies himself, and he abstains, from everybody else, that go with the darkness of the time, and he, and, and he, and he, and uh, he, uh, encourages himself, and he teaches his soul that he should not have any other thoughts from anything that is not, not relevant. Um, and not the, the, the latest news of the time, and all the machinations. His, his mind is always open to the above. Kishura Tachas Akisa, it's tied underneath the throne of God. Lahavin Boisimatsuros to understand those images of Kitoshis Atahoras that are holy and pure. 
and he looks in the wisdom of Hashem, Kula Mitsura, Rishaina, the entire wisdom from the beginning, until the middle of the earth, he understands Hashem's greatness. Then immediately the spiritual spirit, the spirit of holiness comes upon him. And when the spirit comes upon him, his soul becomes mixed with the with the above of the angels and Ishim that are called Ishim. He turns into a different person. And he understands in his mind that he's not like he was five minutes ago. He goes above all people. Just like with that he was a completely different person. And he continues in this vein to explain how prophecy works. So you see, the prophecy doesn't just work that God comes to any person and just talks to them like he talks to them on the phone. It has to be that a person is on a certain level, they're holding on a certain level, and when they're holding on that level, then there's an automatic communication. It's like the information flow. It's like you close the circuit, like you have an electricity. There's a, the circuit is not closed, so the electricity doesn't flow. You close the circuit of connection between himself and Hashem <coughs> with achieving this level of, of spirituality and then the information flows. That's kind of how it works. I'll go through the whole thing. Derek Hashem explains it even more. That's in Derek Hashem? Well, we, we, we're not quoting the Derek Hashem here, but Derek Hashem explains it. Yeah, he explains it there also. The way, the way of God. Here, we're, uh, this is the Rambam in the laws of the foundations of the Torah. I think this may be actually translated into English. Chapter 7. Uh, you know, chap, the whole chapter 7, you can read whatever you want. You know, it's called Rambam. What did you say? Rambam. Maimonides. Wait, but you said it was a certain book or no? The book called Yisode HaTorah, the foundations of the Torah. All right, anyway, so when they put them into a certain state, then the prophecy comes to them. Okay, so if that's true, we answer our question. How are we going to answer our question? What was our question? Our question was is that we said, this is my God and I will beautify him. All right, how am I going to do that? Building him a sanctuary. What's the sanctuary that I'm going to build? Myself. How do I make myself into a sanctuary? By fulfilling you should love your neighbor as yourself. How am I going to do that? By emulating God's ways. I'm going to look deeply into the world and see what chesed, there is kindness in the world, and I'm going to emulate that kindness. I'm going to provide for people the same way that Hashem provides for people. And what happens? That makes me into a miniature spiritual being, just like God. And that's what makes me holy. That's what makes me into a sanctuary. So now that I've become, I've become a sanctuary, now God kind of comes to me. Why does he come to me? The reason why he comes to me is because I'm just like him. Okay, but still, why does he come to me? Because now that I'm just like him, I have a connection to him. And now that I have a connection to him, the information flows from him to me. And that's prophecy. 
And how do you know that this is true? Because this whole message of that I will emulate God is found in the same verse that says that the Jewish people had a prophetic experience. Why were they having a prophetic experience? Specifically now, when they were saying this, when they were making this commitment, that Zechiel, if I made this my God and I will beautify him. The reason why they're having a prophetic experience specifically now is because when a person emulates Hashem properly, then the matter of consequence is a prophetic experience. And that's why specifically this message of the Unclus that we started with and, and the Gemara of this is my God and I will beautify him is found specifically within the verse that communicates the exact same time the prophetic vision that the Jewish people had by the sea. Okay? Fine. So what is the lesson that we learned from all this? And with this we're going to conclude. The lesson that we learned from all of this is is that is that Becoming a spiritual person is not really about, I mean, all these things are good, saying Tehillim, or, or saying Tehillim, or, or, or being in the snow, or, or learning Torah all day. Becoming, I mean, all these things are, you know, they have their, their place. But, but the, the, what makes me into a spiritual person is, is, is that, I, that I don't think about myself. Instead, I think about others. Instead, I act upon others the same way that Hashem acts upon others. The same way that Hashem is merciful, provides people with clothing, sustenance, uh, help when they're sick, buries the dead. So too, when I do these things, that's how I become a spiritual person. And that is actually the secret of connection to Hashem. At least, if not prophecy, but some type of connection. That when I, when I, when I think of others, then I actually become, then I, then I, then I can imagine in my, then I can feel what it is to be, to be um, not about myself, not a self-serving person. And that is the key to spirituality. That's the message I want to share with everybody. But isn't this based on the assumption that the person loves himself? Isn't this based upon the assumption that a person loves himself? I'm sorry, what does that mean? Because if you're saying that you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself, then what if you don't like yourself? Right, so that requires more explanation. So let's just, let's just, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just... Um, Love your neighbor as yourself. So let's just, we'll, 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 we'll explain this. I guess, another two more minutes, uh, David. I hope you don't mind. So two more minutes, we'll answer uh, Pamela's question. The author of Slobodka says in... in um, sorry? Can you hear me now? The author of Slobodka says in his... Um, oh, never mind. The author of Slobodka says in his Or Hatsofon, he says, what does it mean that I should love him as myself? What does that mean? So the simple explanation is, right, just like Pamela is saying, that the same way, whatever, like the Ramban says in Parshish Kedoshim, that whatever I would do to myself, I would like to do somebody else. So if I would buy something for myself, I'd buy that for my neighbor also. That's the way the Ramban learns, and that's what the Gemara says in Tractor Chabas on page 31. This is what Hillel told the person 
He said to him, Whatever you hate, don't do to your friend. And that's the mashal there learns is the negative expression of Ahav Torech. But the way that the author of Slabatka says, he says not like that. He says that I consider myself, what do I consider myself? I consider myself, is what it says in the Torah, that Hashem created me as a Tzalem Elohim, Hashem created me in the image of God. And, 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 and because I'm created in the image of God, therefore I should be in Gan Eden. That's the ideal situation. That the first man that was created, in uh, the first man that was created, in, um, in, was put into Gan Eden, he was created in the image of God, he's put into Gan Eden. And every single person is obligated to say, as the Gemara tells us in Tractate Sanhedrin, page 36a, I think it is, if, not, if I'm not mistaken, the Gemara says, my person is obligated because of me the world was created. The same way that the world was created because of Adam Arish and the first man, every person is obligated to say that the whole world would have been created because of me. And the same way that the first man was created in the image of God, so to every single person is also created in the image of God. So says the a person should look at other people and say, These, the same way that I'm created in the image of God, so too that person is created in the image of God. And I'm not doing chesed with them. I'm not doing kindness with them. I don't bury them if they're dead, chas v'shalom, or I visit them if they're chas v'shalom sick, because nebach, they're sick, so what am I going to do? Somebody has to do it. It's because what I want for them is what I would want for myself because I'm a telemalakim, the same way that the whole universe was created for me. And I'm supposed to be treated as a unique creature in the world that is, that is close to God, so too I should hope that every single person that I know, that they should improve and become better and live up to their image of Hashem the same way that they are an image of Hashem in the way that they were created. So Vahaftalarecha means that I look at others and I say, what can I do for them that will make them grow to be the best that they can be so that they can manifest their image of Hashem that they were built, that they were created in? So, yeah. So I, from that perspective, I don't think it's so selfish. I don't want to get, loving yourself sounds like a little bit, a little bit selfish. Wow. According to what we're saying. But okay, it works out according to the Ramban anyway, because it's, According to the Ramban, we'll just say, according to the way you're saying, we'll just say that it's natural to love ourselves. It's not like we decide specifically to love ourselves, just natural to do so. so. For most people. Yeah. Can we keep talking? Let me just, I'm going to turn off for now, but, and then we'll keep talking. All right, thank you everybody very much, and have a good Shabbos. We're going to conclude thank you. Good right Shabbos. here. Good Shabbos.